Two Broke Chicks is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional custodians of our land. Always was, always will be. Hey Chicks, I'm Al. And I'm Sal. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that shares life lessons because we're broke in funds but rich in life. And today we're chatting all things investing with Tash Invest, who you may know from Instagram or the Get Rich Slow Club podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited. We've been wanting to do an investing episode for so long and mm-hmm. the Chicks have been asking for it too in the DMs being like, please, we need this. So we're so excited to have you on. Awesome. It's a vibe. And we're going to be doing this in two parts because we're going to get in the weeds. We're going to really understand and learn the basics and the beginner's guide to investing because it's complicated and it's tricky and that's why Tasha's here because we don't know. Mm -hmm. We're also asking all these questions (laughs) because Sal and I have a goal this year that we want to start doing and we want to get into it. So I think it's really good to peel it back, start from the basics, and then we'll go from there within this conversation. Mm -hmm. But a little disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Please make sure you do your own research and seek advice from a financial advisor if you want specific tips for you. Any general advice does not consider your financial situation, needs, or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. we got to say that so we don't get in trouble, okay? It's true. It's true. Definitely, (laughs) like, make sure you... Analyze your own financial situation before you jump into the deep end of anything. Okay, so before we jump into the topic, we always like to start with our life lesson of the week. So Tash, as our guest of honour, would you like to kick us off? Yes. Mine is it's sometimes not worth the time to try and save money. I feel like I've spent so much time recently, like I love a good deal, but Mm -hmm. I've spent so much time recently trying to find better deals and they've just not worked out very well. And then I had a HelloFresh order as well, but I cancelled it the day before it was like you're allowed to cancel them because I didn't want to pay for another box. And Mm -hmm. then it didn't come because it was too early. Yeah. Oh, no. I hate when that happens. Also, it's a fine line, I find, with saving money and the benefit of convenience. Mm. Yeah. And then the time when you spent three hours sitting there and then you're like, oh, was that worth the $20? Probably not. Yeah. So saving money is fun, but sometimes it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's like Sal and I were planning some like packaging for a new like product that we're going to launch. And I was like, oh my God, the delivery is $50. I was like, what the hell? That's huge. And so I was like, where's the office? I was like, maybe we can go pick them up. And it was like a 50 to an hour drive, like no traffic. And then I was like, would we rather pay $25 each for someone just to bring it to us? Yes. 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 So I was like, that's how I like weighed it up. I was like, yeah. And I know that maybe that might sound a bit rogue to people being like, but you could just drive. I'm like, I don't want to pay for petrol. No, petrol is so expensive. Like 50Ks or something. It's huge. Yeah. 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 And also during the work day as well when like you could be at your desk completing other tasks. Exactly. Like that's two hours out of the work day. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to consider your, what your hourly rate would be and then weigh that up with things. Like is it worth the $10 or the 25 or 50? Mm. Sometimes no. Mm-hmm. And I am so okay with saying yes to myself. Yeah. I'm probably a bit too okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to lie. I'll be like, baby, guess what baby wants. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Bit you, sexual? No. Maybe. I liked it. Okay. I liked yeah, it. All right. We'll keep it going. <laughs> What's your life lesson of the week, Sally Valley? It's a very non-sexual one, but that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Can't keep everything hot and spicy. <laughs> Got to have some light and shade. Yeah, as we always say. So, sorry, Tash. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the show, oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> As part of my sort of like 
reset for the beginning of the year. I really wanted to do a digital de- like declutter. Mm-hmm. So my inbox, camera roll, all that stuff. And I was going through my inbox manually. It was taking forever and I was getting so frustrated. And then I reminded myself I can just type unsubscribe into the search bar and it pulls up every email that I'm subscribed to. Then I would just click on the email and unsubscribe there. You have fucking blown my mind, my friend. Yeah. And then because I wanted to get my like unread emails down to zero, if it was for a specific brand, I would then type in the brand, Mm. highlight them all and then delete those. And then I was just like doing that process. And it took me like an hour. I had a TV show on in the background. It was so good. And I was like... How can we clearly now the rain has gone? Like, yeah. So life hack. I love that. <laughs> I'm so impressed. I was just deleting them manually like last Same. night. But, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. I like. I've mm-hmm. been doing the habit of trying to delete them as they come through as well and yeah. unsubscribe as they come through. That's like, what I've you been know doing how doing when now, you yeah. see them and you're like, go away. It really – and, like, with a lot of emails with Google, it just has the button up the top too. Yeah. So I've been trying to do it as they come through because so many brands – Whenever you buy something in the terms and conditions, they just have that you sign up yeah, as like a subscriber and it pisses me off. I hate it so much. Like when we're launching Rich in Life, there's like a thing in the back end of Shopify that you can just click and it does that. And I was like, nah. I was <laughs> like out of principle. Like our old boss was like showing me how to set up Shopify and he's like, do you want to do this? And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I hate that. And he's like, yeah, but it's good to get. I was like, no. Nah. I was like, yeah, I my, don't care. my values do not align <laughs> with this. And then my life lesson of the week it's kind of similar to yours, but it's to refresh your Pinterest and your Spotify. Ooh. So what I have done is because my Pinterest has been being built since like 2016, so there are some coral outfits and <laughs> owl necklaces in there that do not need to be in there. That's a change. And I was like, do you know what? Half of this crap I don't even like anymore. Yeah, it doesn't inspire me. But I was like, do you know what? I deleted all my boards and built like and recreated similar ones so it's like home style Mm -hmm. hair and then started from scratch with things that I do feel are valuable so that way I do find value out of these Pinterest boards and I do find you know the outfit inspo that does have the items that are in my wardrobe or the home inspo that I'm like okay what do I already have and what do I need to go and find on Facebook marketplace because that's my happy place and then Spotify as well I just got really bored of my playlists yeah I got really like I was like I've listened to these so many times and just made a bunch of new playlists and I've been listening to music a lot more because I realized I stopped listening to music in just like my day-to-day which I know you're about to break out into a rash no I'm not because I've been doing the same right it'll get to like 3 p.m and I'm like I haven't listened to music I've been listening to podcasts like mm. almost exclusively and in my rich in life planner in like the to-dos I for the habits I have music oh good and I, like I literally that. tick that off because oh. that's a goal for me this year also oh, I, know. Good, good, I know there we go there we go you're not alone Al. <laughs> <laughs> okay now that we've run through our life lessons let's get into the episode Okay, Tash, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm cool. ready. Come on. Shoulders are shaking. We're ready to get rich. Yeah. All right. Maybe Come rich, on, baby. <laughs> Fucking hell. We're on a vibe today. It's a All right. So let's peel it back and let's start with the absolute basics. What actually is investing? It's pretty simple. It's just you put your money somewhere and you hope to make more money in return or to grow your money. Mm-hmm. Summarize. Really? That's investing. That's it? Yep. You want to make more money. Okay. I Love like that. that. So before you invest even a single dollar, what do you need? to look at for example like do you have to pay off all of your debt 
Yes. Before you invest? Not all of your debt, but any high interest debt. So things like credit cards, if you've got afterpay as well, that's probably a good idea. Um, if you've got a car loan, you can look into that too. Anything that's kind of over 7 to 10% in an interest rate, have a look at that. Um, that's because the average return of the stock market is around 7 to 10% each year. So you want to be paying off anything that you can guarantee you'll save that money on. Um, you also need to save an emergency fund. You only lose money in the stock market if you sell when it's down. So you want to avoid needing to sell when it is down. Mm -hmm. And the third one is make sure you've got a budget and a cash flow plan and that you actually have money to invest. Like it's very exciting to turn around and be like, cool, I'm going to invest. But do you have the money there ready to go for it? Mm. How much would you say is good to have in an emergency fund before you look at investing? It depends who you are. So around three to six months of your living expenses, but it really depends. Like if you're a 20-year-old uni student who doesn't have any dependents, you're living at home, like you don't really need to pay for anything, obviously it would be a lot less. But if you are the sole income earner in a family with three kids and you've got family overseas, like you obviously need a lot more with that. So it really depends on your situation. Okay, that's helpful. So how would you physically go about starting the journey to investing? So like apps, investment brokers, like when you're sitting down and you're like, okay, I'm going to start investing, Where? what's the checklist? What yeah, do we, I have to what go to Wall, doing? Wall Street? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Where's definitely not. Ball? Where's Leo? <laughs> I saw Leonardo DiCaprio is on Wall Street. <laughs> Book my flat, Just baby. kidding. He weirds me out now. <laughs> no, no big trading screens or big monitors or anything like that. Mm. The first thing is to decide what you want to do and why you want to invest because that will inform what you invest in. There's like a few different things that you can invest in. And then once you actually have decided you want to buy shares for the long term, um, you can pick a broker or a micro-investing platform. So things like Perla, Comsec, Self-Wealth, uh, Raise is a micro-investing platform as well. There's heaps out there, but don't get too stuck on which one. How do one. you pick? Just pick one. Really? Yeah. So it doesn't make a difference of like... They all vary a little bit. Like micro-investing is a bit different to an actual broker. There's something called chess-sponsored versus non-chess-sponsored, and it's just two different types of ownership. But in Australia, they're both pretty safe anyway. Mm -hmm. um, some are free. Some have fees for different things. Some are really complex because they're for trading. Some are more basic, like the ones I like where it's a bit more simplified. But really what you buy matters more than where you buy it. Yeah. So don't spend too much time picking a broker. Okay. But if, like you just said, there are some basics ones, that's probably a bit better for beginners, right? Yeah. So yeah. I use Perla and they do sponsor some of my content on Instagram, disclaimer, yeah. um, but they are made for beginners and they've okay. really simplified the process and they've got a micro option as well. So you can start with $5 in micro or you can buy shares straight yourself where you own them directly too. Like those options are there. So what's the difference between the micro option and then buying shares? Um, Microinvesting oh. is you invest in a managed fund. So they pull your money together with other people's money and then you buy units in the fund, which is why you can buy just $5. Okay. But if you buy through a chess sponsored broker, then you own them directly and there's a $500 minimum. Okay. Okay, right. And what's the difference between buying individual shares or ETFs? Oh, I don't like individual shares. Oh. <laughs> I'm, yeah, no. Oh. I only buy, yeah. um, an ETF is an exchange traded fund. So it's a basket of lots of different companies. You can have, for example, VAS is the ASX 300, which is the top 300 companies in Australia in one fund, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, you can buy the whole of the US market in one fund as well. That one's called VTS. Whoa. Yeah, thousands of shares in there. Or there's some like VDHG, which is seven ETFs within an ETF, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, that pretty much buys the whole market as well. Okay. So instead of trying to pick yourself, you can just buy the one fund. Yeah. So, so is, then how does that work? Because it's like all the little mini ones right in there. Is that like what that feeds to the value of the big main one? 
Yeah, yeah. So there's a someone who manages it, like mm-hmm. a fund manager. So the the companies like Vanguard or BetaShares or iShares by BlackRock that you might have heard of. So they manage the fund, and then you buy a unit of that fund on something like Perla or Comsec, the broker. And then because your money's in that fund, they'll go and buy all the companies for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. And is that the one that has like the minimum of five hundred dollars? Um, yeah, so ETFs, if you buy them yourself, they'll have a minimum of $500 on the Australian Stock Exchange, yeah. but you can buy ETFs as a managed fund as well. The managed fund will hold the ETF to make it a little bit confusing. Yeah, mm-hmm. fun. And you said you didn't like individual shares. You prefer doing ETFs. Is that because of like the diversification of where your money is going? Yeah. It's a little bit less high risk. And it's just easier. Like I don't want to sit there and research companies all day, every day. Like uh-huh. I don't really care that much. I just want them to do it for me. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because if one company goes bankrupt, there's what, 499 or whatever in there to kind of replace those. Yeah. And over the long term, um, most active fund managers don't beat the average stock market return. So if they can't do it, like why do I think I can do it as a random human? Yeah, so, ETFs are good. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel like as well when you see like social media can be a bit like detrimental as well because you'll see like this brand is going public and there'll be like heaps of hype. Yeah. Like, do you remember when Olaplex went public? No. Oh, it was like two years ago, maybe three. And everyone was like losing their minds about it, especially on TikTok. Yeah. And because it went viral on TikTok. Shut up. Everyone bought shares in Olaplex and it like boosted it so much. Like it boosted the value of the shares heaps Mm. and then within a week it dropped by like $10 per share. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's heaps or a lot to drop by like 10 bucks, but it was supposed to be like $12 to buy in and then it went to like $26 and then it went to like $9.00. That is paraphrasing. I don't know if it was exactly that amount. But it was kind of like that. It fluctuated. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Overhalved. That's pretty hectic. Yeah. Mm. So how would you go about like cutting through the noise of that? Like if there is a brand or an individual share that someone's like, this is big, this is huge. Because, you know, like Afterpay, right? Yeah. When Afterpay launched, that's an individual share, right? And people that got in on that are laughing now yeah they're having the best time of their life Mm. so how would you if you were going to analyze an individual share how would you go about the process of trying to understand its worth I don't really do that like if you want to do that you can google like how to analyze a stock I guess Um, but I don't really bother with that at all like it's not fun for me and also like it's probably not going to win out so if you want to do something like that maybe put 80% of your money into an ETF and then give yourself 10 to 20% to play around with just in case but if you're not really interested in it and you don't have a background in it, I wouldn't recommend doing it to try and make money unless you love a company and that's what gets you excited. Mm. So I know some people buy Lululemon and they love that, but it depends what gets you excited. Oh, there you go. Mm. Do you know what? I was like before I knew anything, which I still kind of don't. But <laughs> I was like when like a couple of years ago a Milk Run was just taking off, I was like, Milk oh, Run's yeah. amazing. I was like, I love Milk Run. Mm. And I was like, maybe I'll buy blah, blah, blah in it. And then like a couple months later it went under and then sold to Woolworths and I was like, thank God I didn't do yeah. that. I was like, damn. I was like, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so then I avoided that. <laughs> but I think that's such a valuable piece of information is to maybe steer clear of the individual. The hype. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. hype that builds around it. Because it's all, I just thought it was so weird that because it went viral, mm. that's what increase the value of it Mm. so maybe to keep in your brain to avoid that because I also think the afterpay thing is a very rare thing like yeah 
that you don't hear about stuff like that often. Yeah. Most people (laughs) definitely try and overcomplicate investing, I find. Like it doesn't need to be that complicated. You can just put money in and leave it and let it sit in an ETF and not bother watching all the news and you can just ignore it. But it is exciting for some people. That's that's the thing is I feel like I would be like watching it every day, but Mm. that's probably not the best way to go about it because you could probably have like those panics when it maybe does go a bit yeah, when yeah. it does drop and then you're like, oh, God, I've got to sell before it drops more. So yeah. when, you know, it is fluctuating, how do you judge? Do you do you decide to sell them when they drop? Do no. you keep them? What do you do? It depends what your plan is and what your goal is for investing. So I invest for the long term, which is seven, ten plus years. So it doesn't matter to me if it drops for a day or two or a month or even a year because mm-hmm. that's to be expected. Like that happens in the stock market and it's fine. But if you've bought Afterpay or something really randomly and you see it drop and you don't know why it's dropped and it's not a long-term thing, then that would be really stressful. Mm -hmm. But it all depends on what you're buying and why. Mm, That's valuable. So you made $9,000 in one month from shares. Can you explain how you can make money from shares using the house analogy? The house analogy, yes. Loved that. Um, Nice. (laughs) You can make money from shares in two different ways. So the first is capital growth, which is where the price of the share increases. So like a house, if the house price is $500,000 and then a few years later at $700,000, you've technically made $200,000 and that's the capital growth. But you can only get that back if you sell the house. Like you can't just sell off a bathroom and decide to get $200,000 back. You need to sell the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Same with shares. Like you can sell one or two shares, but you need to sell them to get that money back. And then the second is dividends, which are very exciting. Um, that's like the rent payment you get from having an investment property. So every like every quarter, every six months, every year, depending on what it is, you just get a little payment into your bank account, which is fun. Ah, okay, because that was the thing that I kind of found confusing. I'm like, where's the transition between like there's the money in shares mm-hmm. to in your bank account? So it's like with dividends it will yeah, You just get paid regularly. Okay. Yeah, and then when you get older you can start selling off portions of your investments. Um, If you hold an investment for over a year in Australia, you only pay half of the capital gain, which is pretty exciting. It's like the government rewarding you for holding things longer term. So it kind of works out better than income tax, for example. Um, So you can just sell a little bit of it when you need it or live off dividends. And the capital gain is the amount that you make? Yeah. So it's taxed on the amount that you've made. So for the house example, if it's 500 and then you sell it for 700,000, you'll get taxed on the 200,000. Does the amount that you get taxed on your shares change? It depends on your income. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that is in, when you go to do your tax at the end of the year, you also look at the amount that you've made in shares. Yeah, and the amount you've earned from your work as well. Like okay. it's all added together at the end of the year and it's like the marginal tax rates that go up as you earn more. That ah. is part of it too. So is how much you get taxed on your income the same amount that you get taxed on your shares or are they different? Um, so capital gains is taxed a little bit differently. You might get the discount where you only pay half the capital gains tax yep. um, or dividends, yes, unless there's a franking credit in Australia, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets a little bit more complex, but it's where a company has paid tax on the dividend already at the company rate of 30%. So if you're getting tax 40%, for example, you only pay the gap of 10% tax. Or if you're a pensioner and you're earning like not that much, then you'll get a refund, which is cool. Mm, yeah, I was going to say, I remember like, that being in the headlines a lot. Yeah, because like they the want to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people are trying to get rid of it. The franking credits thing for older people, oh. for, for pensioners, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. they want to double tax them. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, a perk Spicy. of buying Australian shares sometimes where the capital growth doesn't look great, but when you think about the tax credits, you can get dividends that are like 7 8% a year, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm like I'm really learning a lot. I'm yeah, really trying too. to like learn at the same time that I'm asking you questions as well. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but wait, hold on, watch it. <laughs> no, I ask all the questions. Sometimes I talk too fast because it's exciting. No, 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 no not at all. Following. So we also asked our chicks to send in some questions as well. And one of the most common ones that we got was how much money should you start investing as a beginner? Good question. Depends what you have and what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can literally start with $5. Like put $5 in a micro-investing app, see how you feel. Um, it's really hard to know how you'll react to things going up or down until you do it with your own money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do $5. If you've got more, do $100 a week. It really depends on you and what you've got left over and if you have your emergency fund as well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's good. If you have, like, for example, let's say you want to start with investing like $100, would you recommend just going straight in with that $100 or would you recommend building up to see how you go first? Building up to? Like Like building up to that $100. You're like, okay, I'm going to start investing $100 a month, let's say. Would you recommend that someone start a bit smaller than that? It really depends what you feel comfortable with. Like if you've been researching it and you think you know what you're doing and you're really excited about it, put the $100 in. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're buying lots of random things like Afterpay and Olaplex or whatever, maybe start with smaller amounts if Mm, you can. Um, But yeah, it really depends on how comfortable you feel what you want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to avoid those individual ones though after this conversation. They're just too much work. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I no think I know that. what I'm like as well. Like I think yeah. I will probably be that person that is a little bit attached to it at the start invested. that mm-hmm. I'm like really watching it and maybe feeling a bit nervous about it because whenever you're doing something new, yeah, you're nervous. And especially when it's your money, you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But also I think what's a valuable like frame of mind to have in this is like, the things that we very freely throw money at mm. that we don't think about the loss of it. Like when you buy $100 of like outfits in a sale and then you get them and you don't really like them but you don't return them because you're lazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, or drinks on a night out as well. Like I get that all the time of like, oh, no, what if I lose $10 on my shares? But, yeah, you literally do spend $10 on everything these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so true. Yeah, I walk out of my apartment and I've spent $30. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> I wake up but and I'm happens. like, wait, where'd that $40 go? <laughs> or like, ding, ding, lotto ding. tickets as well. So many people buy lotto tickets but think investing is too risky. I find that quite interesting. Oh, my God, yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I saw that? on TikTok, it was this chick that bought $400 worth of Christmas scratchies, right? Oh, wow. And then she ended up winning enough to make to buy a new laptop. Mm. And then I saw all the comments from people being like, oh, my God, I'm going to go do this, like, every one in 1,000 scratchy wins or something. And I was like, no. no. Mm. I was, and that's the thing. I'm like, this shit on fucking TikTok. Stop. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. I also think a good reminder to have that if you are starting with a small amount, you know, say, for example, if it was $5, even if you lose that money, you've gained a lesson. Yeah. Like, all of those little experiences are going to help you become more experienced and skilled Mm -hmm. in this area. Yeah, definitely. So it's also not losing money in that sense. Yeah, it's Mm. the cost of learning for sure. Yeah, Yeah. no one has the perfect investing plan straight away. Like everyone makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. Mm. There are multiple strategies, right, with Mm. investing. What Can you run us through those? Um, Yes, there's, I guess, the more fun, fancy ones. Like you can day trade if you want to do that, but I don't recommend that. Um, I buy and hold long-term index tracking ETFs. So that's the ones that track like, the S&P 500, the largest 500 companies in the US, the Australian one we were talking about as well. Um, you can buy property if you want to be a property investor as well. You can focus more on dividends if you want more of the income than the capital growth. Um, you can focus on ethical investing if that's something you're interested in as well. There's lots of little like niche areas too. 
Mm. Yeah, we got some questions about ethical investing. What is that? Yeah, so it's called ESG investing, which is environment, social and governance, and it's just different factors. And ethical investing is quite hard because ethical is different to everyone. Yeah, and there's a lot of like mining companies that end up in Australian ethical ETFs. And when you first glance at that, you'd be like, oh, no, or Facebook as well, Meta. They're probably Mm. not too ethical either. Mm. Um, So it's really hard to decide what is ethical. And they've had lower returns recently because they've missed out on the oil price increase that caused a lot of other companies to increase in price and those ETFs missed out on that. Um, So it's not performed very well and it's really hard to find something that is ethical to you as well. Mm, Yeah, that's a good point because it's similar with superannuation as well, right? Mm. Like if you're looking at um, an ethical super fund, you know, some of them will be a little bit more concentrated in different areas or or whatever that is. So you do sort of have to pick with your values. Yeah, and, and they've and been getting in trouble for greenwashing as well where they yeah, slap on ethical too. branding, yeah, but they're yeah. not actually living up to what they've said and then they charge you a way bigger fee for it. Come on, man. Yeah. It's like every fashion brand ever. But I think it's right here. still good though because it's encouraging companies to pay attention and want to be more ethical. So mm. even though it's not great at the moment and it could be better like it's still good to lean towards that Mm -hmm. yeah it's like not necessarily a step backwards but an encouragement for a step forwards yeah which is good so do you recommend investing a large sum or a small amounts monthly so would you recommend going going in hard one time with like a large that was a bit sexual (laughs) (laughs) going in hard one time (laughs) 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 with a large sum or would you recommend breaking up that large sum and investing smaller amounts monthly the excel answer like studies usually say that the lump sum will return more over the longer term um but the emotional answer is do you feel comfortable putting it in all at once like maybe you won't make that much and you'll buy it the wrong time Mm. is it going to be better for you to like invest it over 10 weeks or six months or something like it's really up to you and what Mm. you feel comfortable with Mm. like I don't think I go and put everything in in one go I definitely drip fed it in for a while so do you so how do you invest like your preference um, so I initially started with $1,000 when I was 18 yep. and then I saved for an apartment deposit and then after that I had like maybe 50 grand that I'd saved up mm-hmm. but there was no way I was putting in 50 grand at once. I bought like $500 here and there of so many different things and now I just put in $200 a week and then that adds up to 1000 and invest when it reaches 1000 Oh, wow. Yeah. I had to drop it a little bit because now I work for myself fun times. Yeah, we yeah. understand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're in the same boat. Yeah, we quit our jobs and I was like, oh, uh, God. <laughs> It was scary, but yeah, it's just an adjustment. That actually leads to our next question because we were going to ask, how would you invest $1,000? Oh, well, I buy an ETF called, the ticker code is DHHF. The ticker code is like the trading code or whatever, the three or four letters. Um, And that's a diversified one by BetaShares that buys four different funds and invest all over the world pretty much. There's like a few thousand in the one ETF and it's just in shares, which is cool. So that's what I'm buying at the moment. Um, you don't have to go and run out and buy that. There's lots of other options too. Like other popular ones would be VDHG is a Vanguard ETF that's quite popular as well. And that invests in seven different funds within the one. Um, or you could go and put it into something like Raise, pick one of their portfolios as well. Or put it into your super because your mm. super is invested in shares. Mm. That was another, another question that we had that was really popular before I asked that question. All these names sound so made up. There's an even better one. There's one called ACDC. Done. Done. Yep. Done. Done. Do you know what? That would be me. That would be like ACDC. It's called ACDC. Done. Yes. Yes. Like, 
it's like when the crypto boom was first happening and I feel like a lot of people were investing in things because it was like pookie p-t-y-l-t-d like whatever yeah i'm just like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing but this name's funky yeah (laughs) like when i was really little and didn't understand that the horse racing industry was absolutely fucked Mm -hmm, and like when we were kids we would go to like the new year's day races um and dad would be like okay so you can pick a horse and it was all based on the name. Mm -hmm. It was all based on the name baby and he was like no this one's the favorite like it'll probably win and i was like "Uh uh-uh Gypsy Sparkle Unicorn. Yeah, so Prince <laughs> that one is who I'm putting my $2 on, baby. Yeah, I believe. Like- and it was like 16 to 1. <laughs> and I was like, I have a good feeling about this one. The underdog. Gypsy Sparkle Unicorn, I feel you. <laughs> so we did have a question on the value of investing in your super versus investing in stocks. Mm-hmm. So what? talk us through that. It depends when you want to access the money. Like obviously super you can only get after the age of 60 usually, mm-hmm. um, probably even 65 or later depending on your situation, whereas your shares you can access whenever you want technically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also you get a tax benefit for investing inside super, which is pretty nice too. So it really depends what your plan is and where you want to put your money. Ooh. So when you're investing in super, is that just contributing more to your super yeah. fund? Yeah. So go check what your super fund is invested in and check which portfolio it's picked. There's often different options like aggressive or high growth, or you might be in like a balanced option. So if you're like our age, definitely go and have a look and see if you're in the aggressive option because you've got like 40, 50 years until you retire. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the tax benefit's quite fun. But then again, you don't get it straight away. What's yeah. the difference between those options? Yeah, it's a, it's a mix of assets. So you can invest in shares, property, bonds, and cash. And shares are the most risky out of all of those. Um, so when you're younger, you want to invest more in shares than bonds and cash because you've got a long time to ride out any market crashes. Mm-hmm. But if you're in your 60s and you're about to retire, you don't want to risk losing all of your super really quickly. Mm. So then you have a higher weight towards bonds and cash and those safer assets. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's also really good to note for, you know, a lot of our listeners are young women typically and women in Australia do generally retire with a so much super less super, an, yeah, superannuation yeah. Um, than men, which is really cool. We love that. <laughs> so knowing that that is also an option and thinking about your future in that way is really cool. Yeah, definitely. And making sure if you are going on maternity leave, for example, having mm. your partner contribute to your super, they can do that as well, keeping up those contributions. Mm. Um, if you earn under a certain amount, the government will match up to $500 as well, so you can get a free 500 too. Like it's worth looking into those kind of things too. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, yeah. how do you get the free $500? If you have, I can't remember what the income limit is. I think it's like 54000 a year, so it's good for uni students. If you put yeah. in 500 they will match 500 I think. Have Would to double check the numbers. Yeah, if you add more. Yeah, so if guys. you are a uni student. <laughs> guys! I'll need to check the numbers, but yeah. Check oh the ATO website for all of that. Okay, that's such a good tip. So if you're earning a certain amount, is it 54000 I'll have to double check. We'll it's double under, check. I think, yeah, we'll under check. 54. We can put it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you invest in your super, the government will match an amount. Yeah, up to five. Free money. Yes. Slay. Win. I love that. That's a really good, really good spot to stop on part one. Mm-hmm. And we're going to bring out part two next Thursday as well, where Tash is going to share a lot more mm-hmm. and how you are going to make $9.5 million in return in 40 years. Exciting. That's Hopefully. Coming next week. <laughs> Woo. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, Tash, so where can the chicks go to learn more about you and follow along with your journey and your tips and everything? You can find me on TikTok and Instagram under Tash Invests or I have a podcast called The Get Rich Slow Club where we talk all about fun investing stuff like this. All right, well, thank you, chicks, for having us in your ear holes. We absolutely love to be here. If you also know anyone that would find this episode valuable, feel free to chuck them a link or chuck it in the group chat. And we'll catch you next week with Tash. <laughs> with Tash. With Tash. We'll see you there. Natasha Etchman is an authorised representative number 1299881 of Guideway Financial Services AFSL number 420367. Knowledge is power especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out Tasha's financial services guide and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See the show notes for more info.